It's Tuesday, the 23rd of March, 2021. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Welcome to Back from the Brink, our after show. So um, we were talking as we went away to flo- about Florida Man. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I, uh, how did, I mean, uh, you know, I wonder if you do like, you know, California Man, if you get the same kind of weird stuff. I don't know. I didn't try it. I just know that. Um, so a, a long time ago on KCAA, I was member of an ensemble radio show before mm-hmm. um, I did the early morning show. It was also a morning show. Um, and we used to do this, uh, you know, this segment where, you know, pe- people had to be either, um, you know, cra- drunk, crazy or just uh, drunk or back crap crazy or something like that. Anyway. Um, half of our story, the people doing crazy, stupid stuff were from yeah. Florida. And so, you know, I, I gotta say that people do crazy stuff in Florida. I don't know if it's the heat, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's the humidity, you know, the dry heat's not the same. <laughs> it's not, it's really not. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I just did California man with my birthday or date. And, uh, and it's like, you know, man killed in Fontana on June 30 suspect erected Mount Baldy hikers found body of missing man. Man set on fire another shot in recent homicides in San Jose. Oh, my Jose. God. This is all uh, Killed. I know. Everything in California seems to be that way. Uh, I have to scroll down and I get, you know, Lake Elsinore man says he regrets attending party uh, because somebody else then died from COVID. Um, but even uh, that's pretty sad. It's not funny. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that. And that's the first thing I found that was like not uh, just flat out somebody shot somebody in the face or something you know i mean it's like california seems very violent you know it's funny because everybody always thinks of texas with their you know open carry laws about being violent and it's like eh, california's the, a lot of people here texas man yeah, let's try texas well, oh here's one this is great texas man accused of biting rattle off of rattlesnake <laughs> how's that for a starter did he know that that's not the dangerous end? I'm just saying. The dangerous end is the toothy end. Is the yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you bite off the rattle without the other end coming around to bite back? <laughs> Maybe, it was very, Maybe it irritated him. Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man cleared for killing neighbor's burglars. That was another Texas man. Texas man sentenced to two and a half years for scheming to create fake airline. I don't know. Texas seems like it's pretty good. Yeah, well, and, you know, you're not going to have the... There is violent crime in Texas. You know, Houston is the fourth largest city in the U.S., as I've, as I've said many times, and so they've got all the same issues that happen in large urban centers elsewhere. But, you know, if you don't know who's carrying and who's not, you're less likely to be aggressive with a firearm, you know, or be, be you know, to, to, to commit violent crime. If you think yeah. that the person on the other end is going to shoot you back, then you're going to think twice about attacking them. And in California, yeah. they don't think that because chances are we don't have guns. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that's always a safe bet either, but okay. <laughs> Given the number of guns in the country outnumber the number of people in the country, like, you know, 10 to 1 or something. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of guns. Um, that's true, but there are people with none. And you're not right, allowed yes. to. And concealed carry in California 
is difficult to get. You're basically former law enforcement and a few others, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here's a good. T- uh, Houston man has strong words for teens who carjacked wife and then crashed during pursuit. Oh my God. So they carjacked his wife and, and left it with her in the car and, and then crashed the thing. And and here's the strong words. This is the best part of it. They're lucky I didn't get to them first. They should have thought it through before they did that. That was the strong words. <laughs> wow. Those are strong words, man. Them's fighting words, Todd. <laughs> yeah. They shouldn't have done that. They should have thought it through. Boy, those are strong words. Those are strong words in Texas, huh? Okay. <laughs> wow. That's funny. Man killed in Arlington, Texas case possibly involving love triangle. Yeah, so ah. I, I'm, I'm just scrolling through the uh, the uh, Texas man. Texas man's pretty good. It's it's not quite as it's not quite Florida, but it's better than California man. You know. <laughs> yeah, look up Reddit has a whole thing. Our Florida man, and you can see yeah. all these nutball stories from Florida. And it usually, you know, I, I think ninety percent of them probably involve one one uh, illicit substance or another. As yeah. people get high and do stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's probably some sort of inebriation involved in a lot of these stories. <laughs> yeah. Stay uh, cray cray. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> so something we didn't cover on the radio show, but I saw it in the in the article listing was something you had posted up there that Evanston, Illinois has become the first city in america to uh pay reparations to blacks and they're doing it through applications for uh funds they currently have about four hundred thousand dollars to distribute and uh qualifying households will uh could receive up to twenty five thousand dollars for home repairs down payments on property etc they're being funded through donations and a three percent tax on the sale of recreational marijuana apparently but not Medical marijuana, I, yeah, I don't. So how you get it depends on whether you pay that I, tax, I guess. I okay. don't know how that's all set up. I'm I'm not a Michigan person, um, but uh, qualifying residents must Illinois. either Isn't have lived. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, qualifying residents must either have lived in or been a direct descendant of a black person who lived in Evanston between 1919 and 1969. So you have to be able to prove that. And who suffered discrimination in housing because of the city ordinances, policies, or practices. And I'm not quite sure how you're supposed to prove that, but I'm sure they've got some form you're supposed to fill out. Or that at least they will if they don't have it already. Um, okay. Yeah, this is set aside for an injured community that happens to be black that was injured by the city of Evanston for anti-black housing policies. Okay. So anytime a government injures you, you should be able to then sue them for reparations going back. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm torn on this. I really am. I, you know, I mean, I understand that there are, but, but I would like to see them doing something like this based on needs, regardless of the color of somebody's skin. If somebody is, you know, has, has needs and, and, and meets the, their, whatever their criteria, but I don't see why their criteria necessarily has to be racial here. Um, but because they're saying that they're, that they're, po- they're discriminatory the, policies, uh, hurt um, people of color, hurt people of color. And I actually yeah. think this this to me makes a lot more sense than slavery reparations, 
because slavery yeah. reparations, you know, there are, are a lot of people who are, who are here in the United States, um, either they came later or they, they're, they're just descendants who weren't slaves. And are, right. do they still get the reparations? Because it's been, it's been so many generations removed. This was, yeah. if you yourself or your immediate um, uh, ancestor. Yeah, it was 1920 to 1969. I mean, I was born in 62, so I right, would have been, exactly. you know, and so this yeah. is this is people who are who were in, actually injured, families who were directly impacted are right. going to be made whole. I actually like this. I think this is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. This this doesn't necessarily. Yeah, I mean, it's different than like you said, reparations for slavery. Um, uh, I'm still a little torn on it though because you know there. I, I think that you know there's a lot of people who can make a case that that you know a, a city's policies or procedures you know cause them harm but but if they don't happen to be black then they they're just sol i guess you can go back now, and try to sue I, the city i mean I don't, I don't know how i'm guessing you know. todd that there were there were actually discriminatory uh laws on the books and oh i'm sure there were as as there as there were you know in a lot of places i mean it's, exactly. it's I'm, I'm i'm not saying and i'm not trying to say that that was a good thing in any way shape or form i i, I get that and if and if you know, and this and the city feels like they, you know, need to to do something to basically apologize for that is, I guess, essentially what reparations boil down to. Um, you know, it's an apology with cash. Right. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, if, if you can demonstrate harm that was caused to a group of people because of poor policy, then, then yeah, I guess this is not a bad thing to do. I mean, it's good, good for them for holding it out. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to the details of like, well, how are they going to have to prove that they were harmed or discriminated against? And, uh, you know, and, you know, what does that mean, you know, in terms of like actually applying for the money? So, yes. you know, I mean, great. But if it's if 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 the if the actual process of doing this ter- proves to be onerous, then it's no no good. If it proves to be too easy, then it's no good because then a lot right. of people who shouldn't qualify do. So it's it really boils down to how it's how it's all. Um, and that's and, and that's where the you know reparations type of things always break down is like, well, exactly how, you know, it's like the concept is OK, but but how and right. who, you know. You know, do you really hit the target audience that needs it? And I hope that they figured that out, that they can do it. You know, they can probably look at the actual policies that they're trying to, you know, to give reparations for and base their criteria on those, you know? Yes. So that they can hit that same audience. Yes. You know, so. and, it, and, you know, I, it depends on how long they've kept records and all of that. I, I, I just, I, well, assuming that they're going to implement this correctly... And they're going to go after you know that, that that families who were genuinely harmed will will be able to benefit from it. I I I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it depends on too. You know, again, we don't know what the policies were and how they might have been harmed. Right? Like like were people kicked out of their homes? You know, in ways that would be considered illegal today, based on. But the same thing is is you know you don't do you want you don't apply today's. Um, standards and mores to times in the past no you, you, know, you would but there are would, things that are just equity right so is right was what, what happened with white families in the same situation and right. if the white family would would, would not have been uh, treated the same way then then that's that's your standard not today's standard. absolutely right 
And that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense because then they were discriminated against because of who they were, not, uh, you know, their particular financial situation or location or anything like that. Right. So, yeah. But that also means that if there's, you know, seven black families and three white families that live on a street in a, in a rundown neighborhood and they all end up getting evicted by the city, then those black families don't have any standing because the white families got evicted too? I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, there's, I, I have lots of questions. That's just my thing. Is I, guess, I guess conceptually it could be a great thing, good for them. I have lots of questions about the implementation. So, um, But, uh, you know, let's hope that they get it right and that, um, and that some people who, who were done wrong by essentially, by definition, systemic um, uh, racism will be, you know, made whole again, or at least, you know, made better. Um, let's hope. Yes. Let's hope that that works out. So, so okay, I got a new Florida man. People are start still posting onto my web on my Facebook page. Florida <laughs> man wearing blue bonnet and flowery dress allegedly steals twenty eight cans of baby formula from a Publix grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to dress up to do this, though. Uh, evidently, <laughs> evidently. He's thinking I'll be less obvious. It won't look like me. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those who are still waiting for their IRS stimulus checks, more will be landing on March 24th. IRS says that they are doing them in batches. And so people who are getting paper checks and cards should start seeing those. Uh, uh, another batch of those go out. Um, if you're doing direct deposit, then most people should have seen it already. Um, but they're still working through because there's lots of people here. We're a big yes. place. We are a big place. We are a big place. So, um, yeah. So So somebody uh, asked Alice Cooper, if you could front any band instead of your own band, who would it be? And he said Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. They seem like a group of guys who genuinely enjoy each other's company and have fun doing what they're doing, you know? Yep. And I think that was sort of Dave Grohl's goal when he put it together was he wanted he didn't want to be a solo artist he wanted to be a band and have guys that he could hang with and that meant that he had to be people that he liked so so he put people around him that he liked and uh you know i mean it's it's clearly his band but but he i think went out of his way to find people that that match his personality and and are talented musicians at the same time so yeah that's an easy choice i would say the same thing if you know, if, if I got to be in a band, even though I I don't really play an instrument anywhere near a professional level for anybody, um, uh, you know that would be the one. So a base jump off a tourist high rise has ended in tragedy. Is this oh a Florida my gosh! Man? I'm sorry. I was going to say, is this a Florida man? Unfortunately, yeah, actually, probably it is. not. It, well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Florida. Nailed it. It's a Florida. It's it's not it's not under that meme, but it's a uh, yeah. it's, it's a story that happened in Florida. Thirty-one-year-old Timothy Ackerman, um, he leapt off or leaped off a condo complex in uh, Panama City Beach in Florida. Um, his parachute apparently didn't open, and um, oh my he gosh. did not live through it. So it's twenty-three. Well, uh, uh, Ackerman leapt leaped from what may have been the 23rd floor floor but the police but police previously told 
WKMG that it was a 14th floor. Uh, mm-hmm. wit- a witness who was cruising by on a motorcycle says he spotted Ackerman plummeting for about halfway up the 23-story building. What is clear is that the parachute attached to Ackerman uh, said to have been, he, who was supposed to have been an experienced jumper, doesn't seem to have been deployed. He kind of landed, he he had landed kind of in the ditch nearby. Um yeah. It's dangerous stuff, you know. I mean, the the thrill is that there's danger there. If there wasn't any danger, then there wouldn't be any thrill and they wouldn't be doing it. Um, but I think sometimes people, including the people doing it, forget about the fact that there really is danger, that this isn't something that is done by the average schmo because it's dangerous. You know, yep. it's the same thing with bungee jumping. You know, the, the, the thrill is that there's danger there, that that cord could snap, that it could stretch down too far, that, you know, any number of things could go wrong. So... Um, yeah, you just need to, uh, be careful, you know, and if you're going to take those risks, then you live with the risks. So there have been like riots and things going on in Florida, um, over spring break, violent outbreaks. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of that footage, uh, they've implemented, uh, in some cities, maybe it was Daytona beach. I don't remember exactly. They've implemented curfews and, and, you know, people are just, just, being being rowdy and unruly and oh no it's in miami i take that back it's in miami so there's a story that uh, spring breakers drugged and raped a woman in miami um in this chaos and she died yeah yeah no i read about that over the weekend and that they were actually doing uh autopsies to determine if if the the drugs that they gave her is what killed her um, because they're trying to determine, you know, what level to charge them with, whether it be, you know, the ranging from manslaughter all the way up to, to murder one. And obviously, if you give somebody something that then kills them, that's that's more serious than if it was an accidental death. But either way, there was a rape in there, too. So it's just it's just ugly all the way around. So they apparently gave her Percocet, which is an opioid. And so if she's not mm-hmm. if she does if she doesn't take them, she's got no tolerance mm-hmm. for them. It'd be pretty easy to. To give her too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people OD on on opioids all the time, which is a terrible thing. You know, but and I the... these these two young men um, are. I'm not going to give you their names. They're 21 and 24 years old, and they apparently yeah. met met this woman at a Miami at Miami at a restaurant in Miami Beach last week. Um, you know, they've thrown their lives away. Yep. You know, they're evil, and they've thrown their lives away. Yeah. So. You know, if Florida has a death penalty, but even if they don't use it, they're not going to see the light of day again. Yep. And they're 20 something years old. That's yeah, just... 21 and 24. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to spend the rest of their life going, you know, thinking back on that moment when they made that decision and how badly that went and how stupid it was. And yeah. 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 It's it's a tragedy all the way around. I all feel the way so around. bad for the, the young lady's family. Um, hmm. Yeah. You know, as a parent, you look at that and you just go like, you know, there but for the grace of God, right? You know, that, yeah. that you know, she, she went down to go have some fun on spring break. You know, or I don't know, maybe she lived there. I don't know the specifics. But either way, you know, it was like it was, you know, n- never in a million years did there was there any anticipation of something like that happening. But no. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and on top of that, there's you know, like you said, there's also then the the whole issue of 
bunch of spring breakers coming down and mobbing the beaches and then the city's going like wait a minute we we don't want you down here doing that you know come on uh yeah but acting like a bunch of drunken idiots even though you are a bunch of drunken idiots yeah drinking they're they're being violent yeah you know just a bunch of morons Mm mm-hmm all vying to be florida man for (laughs) february 23rd or march 23rd (laughs) Next year's Florida man. <laughs> Idiots. Yipper. So, have you followed at all the March Madness? No, you know me. I don't really like sports ball. Yeah, I I was you know I did a bracket, filled it out a bracket with a, a group of friends, and uh, and I the first day I think I was like 18th out of 19, and, went, eh. and then I got all the way up to third. I was like in third place for like a hot second. And now I've fall, fall, fallen back to like sixth or seventh, and most of my teams that I had picked to keep going on have lost, and so I'm, I'm I have little chance of getting in many more points and moving and moving back up. So uh, it was like it was exciting for a minute there as I was climbing the rankings amongst my my group, but uh, yeah, I'm not generally a college basketball fan. Um, you know, I peripherally keep aware of it to see who might end up being a future Laker because that's that that I like. That's what that's and, your, the the extent of your interest in college basketball. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, I mean, if there's a talented guy, it's like, is he going to be a Laker or is he going to be somebody that's you know in our division? Do we have to play against this guy? You know, what's going to happen? Um, the uh, um, Lakers, by the way, suffered a, a blow this weekend too. Um, LeBron James, some guy rolled, was going for a ball and rolled into his ankle and he suffered a high ankle sprain and is out indefinitely. We don't know how long he's going to oh, be out. Oh, no. And so he's not playing right now. And uh, Anthony Davis, the other big star on the team, is out because of a uh, calf strain. He's expected back uh, in the next uh, week or so. Um, but we don't know how long uh, LeBron's going to be out. Apparently they did x-rays and MRIs and, and they don't think it's terribly serious. But uh, but they're going to rest him until he said he's ready to go. Part of me is a little nervous. Part of me also says that, that both of those injuries are recoverable. And so let them rest because, you know, we started this season in the shortest span in history after the end of last season because last season got pushed so back so far back because of COVID and then doing the bubble in Florida that these guys need a break. They need a rest. And so, you know, having an injury where they can't do anything for a while, you know, they'll continue to train and stay in shape, but they're going to, you know, stay off of that injury, whatever, you know, whichever one it is, um, is maybe not a bad thing. You know, maybe then they'll both come back really fresh for the push towards the end of the season and right into the playoffs. So, you know, it actually might be, I mean, it's not like they would plan to get injured, you know, but it might be a blessing in disguise. Well, and, and honestly, it was probably inevitable. Well, that's the fear, you know. Yeah, when you when you don't get any rest and you turn around like that, that takes toll on your body. I mean, you know, LeBron's thirty six and in his eighteenth season, and at this point in the season, I think he had played in more games and more minutes than than anybody else on the team. You know, it was like, holy moly, that's t- your body's taking a pounding. I mean, and he goes, you know, way out of his way to stay in shape. And I mean, he at one point was in talking about it said he spends probably a million dollars a year, uh, you know to keep his body in tip top shape working with trainers and nutritionists and, and, you know, wow. I mean, he, he, 
but he's a professional athlete. That to me that makes perfect sense. I mean, not all of them make enough to spend a million dollars a year, but you know, if you talk to like Tom Brady, uh, he he's even you know turned it into a business, a side business with his TB12, you know, exercise and and nutrition plans and stuff. And so, um, you know, that just makes sense. You know, I mean, if if your business is relying on your body to be at its peak peak physical performance level then you do that you know <laughs> you don't kind of give it lip service you do that yeah you kind of have so, to yeah to be honest i think that's kind of what sets apart like a lot of of modern athletes in the last say you know 15 15 years or so uh from athletes from earlier era you know used to be they would you know go out and play the game and then you know smoke cigarettes and and have a you know whiskeys in a bar after the you know after the games and and uh, that, that doesn't happen like that anymore you know these guys are are serious about what they do and that gives them a leg up by being more more focused and serious on their health than than the other guy so you know i can't so, imagine being so. a professional athlete and being a smoker yeah yeah and yet you look at some of the guys in the 60s and they were you know, well, because yeah, everybody was... smoked back then. They thought it yeah. was no big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 ridiculous. It's like it's like pictures of of you know. You, every once in a while, you'll find a picture of like a Hollywood starlet or something pregnant and smoking, and you're like, nobody would do that. But yeah, you know, and we say that, and yet there, you know, there's people out there that have drug addictions and stuff and do that with their you know when they're pregnant. I mean, it's you know, I say nobody, but nobody in their right mind. Um, so, um, if in case the vaccination isn't its own reward, Krispy Kreme will give one donut per day to those who have had a dose. So, oh if you man, can... <laughs> I missed it. So yeah, so if you have, if you've had, you know, at least one dose of the vaccination, uh, uh-huh. you can go to Krispy go Krispy Kreme and. Um, they have, you have to show a valid COVID ID vaccination card. You can re- mm-hmm. receive one free glazed donut. Um, vaccinated oh. customers can come back every day this year for another donut. I don't know how that will be profitable for them, but okay. It's profitable because nobody eats get... just one donut and yeah, they always buy a drink or a coffee or, you know, some milk or something to go with it. They'll make money. I'm not worried about Krispy Kreme. But I now that I understand how it works, because I've only had my first... I thought they said, like, the day you get vaccinated, you can go get your free donut. No, this is a better deal than that. I'm going to... Except my nearest Krispy Kreme is, like, 18 miles away. That's that's a bit of a drive for a donut. <laughs> Which yes, is probably went, a good thing. <laughs> you went to Portland and, and stood in line at uh, Voodoo Donuts, didn't you? So, uh, nope. Oh, I thought you did. No, I went to, uh, there were, we, we went to San Francisco to get a, uh, an apple maple, uh, what was it? Maple apple bacon donut. And I can't remember the name of the place, but it was one that my daughter had seen on a, on a food network show. Uh, it was like the best thing you've ever eaten with bacon. And one of the guests said, this was it. And so we went and found that place and they had, Really good donuts and beautiful, but really bad coffee. <laughs> you know, they did the little thing with the foam on top and the cream, and it was gorgeous looking in this nice little cup. And then you sipped it and went, bleh, bleh, bleh. 
Give me another donut to wash that out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I did make a trip for a donut. It just wasn't into Portland. Well, maybe I need to go up to Krispy Kreme. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Get a baker's dozen. I think, I'll think about it. Yeah, get your one free and uh, and then buy a box. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I am, I while I am not going like, air quotes here, low carb, I am cutting down on carbohydrates and sugar, trying to moderate my blood sugar a little bit and try to be healthier in doing that. And so donuts are not on the menu. Uh, although if you eat, you know, a maple bacon donut, the bacon would help, you know, the protein would slow down the absorption of all that sugar by putting some protein in there with it. So and a lot maybe, of maybe, yeah. I'll have a donut, a slab of bacon, and a hard-boiled egg. There <laughs> that you sounds go. delicious. <laughs> it's like, I'll suffer through anything if it means I can eat a donut. Um, <laughs> so, um, have you watched anything interesting on streaming lately? Um, I watched this weekend the... And I know you're not a comic book movie fan, but Zack Snyder, the director, uh, the original director of the Justice League, has released the Zack Snyder cut, the director's cut of the Justice League. Now, that that movie is is steeped in Hollywood lore. The original Justice League, Zack Snyder started filming. And he was putting it together the way he wanted to put it together. And he had a rough cut of the movie, but it was four hours long. And the studio said, no, you're not allowed to go over two hours. We won't release a movie over two hours. You're going to have to edit it down. And he was arguing back and forth with studio bosses about what you know his contract said he had control over things. And unfortunately, his 20-year-old daughter during this same time, who had suffered from depression for a long period of time, killed herself. Oh, my God. And so he basically went for another two months after that and finally just said, screw it. I'm done. I'm out. And he and his wife and his family went to go try to heal and deal with the fact that they've lost this this family member in an incredibly tragic way. Um, and this was like 2016, 2017. Um, and so they brought in uh, another director who then took the film that had been shot already, shot a few extra scenes and then cut it all together and then oversaw the um, the adding of all the special effects to it. He cut it down to a two-hour movie, added characters that weren't originally in there, shot some scenes to put these other characters in there, and kind of changed it all. But when he was done, he had so much trouble dealing with the studio that he came back and said, I don't even want my name on this. So, so they left Zack Snyder as the director, credited, even though Zack Snyder had nothing to do with the end result. Oh, and then... The the new director, because he rewrote some st- scenes and brought in some new characters, got a writing credit. And so. And so what was released was fairly well panned by most of the fans and critics as a movie. And it was a real hodgepodge because it was sort of part of one guy's vision and then sort of the corporate vision of the movie company and the producers assigned to that movie by the corporation and then put together by somebody else who then said trying to trying to satisfy the people who hired him. And so Zack Snyder then said, OK, fine. He still had this rough cut, uh, which was the entire movie without special effects put into it and music put to it. 
And so uh, apparently the studio came back to him four years hence and said, hey, there's a lot of clamor for this. How about we give you another $70,000 and you go in and wrap this sucker up and put out your cut? And so they said the one thing was we just don't want you to do any extra scenes. Don't go shoot any new scenes. Edit what you got. Put special effects on it. Let's get it out. Well, of course, he said, but I need some extra scenes. So he shot extra scenes. He brought some of the actors back who were willing to do it. And he finished it and released it. And it's four hours long. It is a long movie. But uh, gives you a lot of background into each of the characters that just didn't exist in the two-hour movie at all. As you can imagine, four hours, you know, it's double the length of the movie. It was really good. I enjoyed it immensely. I mean, for four hours, I sat for four hours and uh, paused it once for a bathroom break. But I sat and you didn't realize it had been four hours had gone by because it was pretty well done. Um, pacing a little bit slow in a couple places. But other than that, I mean, it was just, I enjoyed it a lot. So, now, this wasn't something that they could have divided into and made two movies out of? Um, they possibly could have. And that might have had, had Snyder, you know, not lost a child in such a tragic way and been probably just not emotionally ready to deal with any of this anymore. You know, when you're having, you know, I mean, anybody who's ever worked in a corporate environment where they've had, you know, other people making decisions and you have to like kind of negotiate what actually the final result will be, you know, that gets tiring. That gets wearing on you. And I suspect that had that not been the case in his personal life, that he might have stayed and battled and argued and, and been able to do that and said, OK, well, you want two hours. I want four hours. Let's make it a part one and a part two. And let's, you know, and that might have worked and they probably could have done it. But uh, um, as it is, it has like uh, part one, part two, part. It's like part six. It's got like six parts in the movie and there's an epilogue. And so if you watch the movie he could have then broken it after part three and said then four five six and the epilogue will be the second movie and i think that would have worked fine but right now it's streaming for uh for subscribers of hbo max so it's available on hbo max to watch i think tobin watched it i i don't do superhero mm -hmm. movies so yeah i know it's not your thing this one is good but it's still a superhero movie and 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 because of the special effects there's a lot of sort of I mean, you're quoting here animated scenes that, you know, are supposed to not look animated because but they're clearly animated. I mean, you know, the big giant guy that's 10 foot tall with the weird face and the, the armor that's animated and moves. Uh, that's not a dude in a costume. That's that's, you know, I mean, right. there might have been, you know, like move, motion capture type stuff going on there. So I look at the clock, and I know we got started a little bit late today. I do want to apologize to everybody yesterday, too. Um, we were trying to use a remote setup, and it's totally on me. Uh, I got it started and then realized that my mixer was dead. It's battery-operated for the remote setup, and I didn't have a spare battery with me. And so we weren't able to do the show yesterday, but we will be back tomorrow. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.